You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me, as always, except for yesterday, is Tony Abbott of the Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how's it hanging? Joe, I'm doing all right. I just, uh, I just am jealous of everybody else in, in the in the in the in the state of hockey right now. It's the state of trades, and guess who's not making trades? The Minnesota Wild, not Timberwolves yet. make a huge trade. The Minnesota Twins make a huge trade. When is it our turn? Uh, I'm assuming soon. But what was your thought about the old uh, bruised our Gratterall trade for uh, for uh, I think his name is. Kenta uh, uh, Maeda. Yeah, that's it. Kenta Maeda. Yeah, so at first I was like, okay, like I, I saw that he was making $3 million a year for the next four years. That was mm-hmm. like one of the first things I saw about him because I'd never really heard of him before because like, sure. I follow the Twins, but I don't follow baseball anymore right. since at least I stopped like playing we, fantasy. Yeah, not like you used to. <laughs> yeah, I used to like be really into it and, and, and knowing everybody and now I'm a, I'm a big dummy when it comes to any team outside of the Central or the AL Central, and even then, like I, I couldn't tell you more than like five guys on the Kansas City Royals. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that uh, I thought that it was interesting that you know they got a guy who was signed to three million dollars a year over the next four years who was a starting pitcher. I'm like, oh, must have been some prospect. And then I had a, a small freak out when I saw that. No, he's not a prospect. He's 31 years old. Oh. But uh, looking at it and seeing that uh, that Bruzdar, yeah, really good prospect. At the same time, if you're convinced that he's going to the bullpen and you can get a starting pitcher who, when you look at, uh, at, at his stuff, his strikeout rate is really good. It's better than anyone that the Minnesota Twins – have right now at least in mm-hmm. terms of starting pitchers so when you have somebody with uh with that kind of swing and miss stuff in your rotation that that can't be a bad thing and right it'll be interesting to see what the twins do this year because like right now you'd say like what they have unless somebody takes a step and maybe uh Falvey, levine west johnson can find a tweak in in either Mayetta's pitch mix or is able to uh to get something you know, extra out that uh, L.A. couldn't do. It's not the first time it's happened in Minnesota under sure. the, this regime. Uh, so unless somebody takes a leap, right, they kind of have three number two starters, and that'll be really interesting to see. Certainly. Um, is it one of those things like maybe you're it's, – it's, it's one thing to trade Gratterall. It's another that he ends up with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, you know, that doesn't factor so much to me. I know that, uh, I know that there's the past history with, uh, with Minnesota's, the Minnesota to Boston sports pipeline, right? With David Ortiz mm-hmm. and Kevin Garnett. But I mean, Kevin Garnett was great when he was here and sure. David Ortiz might've been great had the twins, you know, used him smartly. So, so, uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not especially worried. Especially, oh, I guess Randy Moss technically to Boston could count or uh, New, New England. England. Yeah, but there was a, there was a step in between that too. So I'm not like too. I'm not too concerned about that by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> or or not extra concerned. Like it's not like it's not like Boston is is a place where uh, where Minnesotans 
go and, and spread their wings and, and become way better than they ever were. And win multiple championships. Yeah, I, I totally get it. It definitely hasn't turned out that way for Charlie Coyle, for example. At least not yet. Eh, I, you know what? <laughs> Charlie Coyle's like, what, 27 now? Like, I don't know if it's ever going to happen for Charlie. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the, uh, the Timberwolves got in the action after the wild game. It broke that they... Uh, end up trading Robert Covington to the Houston, um, I, I want to say Astros, but it's the Houston Rockets. And uh, it, it sounded like like a almost like an eight-player trade and multiple teams were in there. So it was kind of crazy how uh, two Minnesota teams were uh, were linked to a pretty big blockbuster deals uh, within their respective leagues. Do you think the Houston Rockets also steal signs? Uh, you got to think so. James Harden's got a buzzer in his beard. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, or, yeah. or he's got a or he's got a magnet in the ball that just finds the rim all the time. Uh, it, it's possible though. Uh, though it didn't work in uh, in that playoff game against the no, uh, they didn't against the Golden State Warriors. Oh, they missed like nineteen threes or something like that. <laughs> I know a little bit about basketball, but not too much, uh, so I can't really comment on the uh, on the Timberwolves trade too much. Other than they got I don't know half their roster and got half a roster back. Yeah, it's almost like. It's almost like when you in, in five card stud in poker, you basically throw like four cards back to draw like four of them and hoping that you're going to get lucky for like a, you know, a flush or a, a straight draw or something like that. Uh, the, the odds of that actually working out are pretty slim. So but, uh, you know, the, the, the Timberwolves and the uh, and the twins uh, all are doing uh, deals to uh, to get better. The Timberwolves are trying to jockey for uh, potential picks or a better situation to to get the uh, the big one, which is I believe is D'Angelo Russell. Do you see the, the the Wild potentially making like smaller ancillary moves to package with a, a bigger move at the at e- either at this trade deadline or in the off season? Yeah, I really think that uh, that the Wild could get D'Angelo Russell. I think that uh, that he might absolutely look for yeah. a change in sport and how <laughs> how Wolves would it be to have the guy that they're chasing they've been chasing him since this summer be like you know what i'm gonna lace on some skates and go for the wild that'd be the most wolves things ever yeah jordan greenway can do it yeah i mean why not they're both about they're probably about the same height i mean why not the wild need bigger guys (laughs) they need size joe they do size they need guys that are taller than their gm that's true all uh, right. It, it always makes Paul Fenton smile. They should uh they should bring back Paul Fenton every draft, just like <laughs> just like wheel him out and be like, here's all the nice tall boys we got. <laughs> oh, see, see, now if they rolled a bunch of tall boys out for me, uh I wouldn't mind that either, but but usually of the beer variety, right? Yeah, I was gonna say some grain belt. Yeah. I could use some yeah. tall boys of grain tall belt. Tall boys of grain belt. Every yeah, time right. I see tall boys of grain belt, Joe, a smile comes on my face. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. Um, So today on today's show, I know, Tony, uh, you really wanted to talk about Kevin Fiala. So we're going to pretty much spend kind of the entirety of the show. uh, You basically raking in the dough on on all your uh, early stock that you uh, that you bought on uh, Kevin Fiala. And uh, all right, let's go ahead and take that break. You are listening to Lockdown Wild. And welcome back to Lockdown Wild. Welcome to the program. Uh, we, Tony, we're going to get immediately right into Kevin Fiala. And I know that you 
uh, had some some work duties and you were able to kind of sort of pay attention to the game from afar. But uh, your boy, Kevin Fiala, was uh, was pretty dominant in the game, uh, not only during the uh, during regulation, but uh, was absolutely exciting in about a 97 second shift in overtime. Um, so how much uh, so are you going to sit there with your uh, your uh, thumbs in your armpits and flick and flick your fingers and say you're the man and and, and rake in that dough? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You stick your thumbs under your armpits and you wiggle your fingers like like do you make are you asking me if I'm going to make like the farting noise? I don't understand. No, not the farting noise. I will make the farting noise live on the podcast. Everybody ready? No, I'm no, no, don't do that. All right. This well, is a family show. Uh, farts are family friendly. Well, if you're my grandfather, yes, they are. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so what do we got? What do we got? Hmm. So, yeah, obviously, Kevin Fiala had a brilliant performance last night against Chicago. His second multi-game goal game against Chicago of this year. This one had a happier ending than the last one. Uh, his first goal of the game, uh, he uh, kind of, he was like battling for the puck with Jonathan Taves and he kind of uh, owns Jonathan Taves and then fires a, a laser from, I don't know how many feet out that was, but it was it was past the circles in the middle of the ice and he just hits that upper corner. An amazing goal. And then the second one, he is it's on the power play. He does his own entry. We were talking about this. We were talking about zone entries on the power play and how Absolutely. nobody really does them very much. Uh, Kevin Fiala did do them. He had a two-on-one, decides to shoot, beats Corey Crawford really cleanly. And uh, in overtime, like you said, he had this uh, this massive shift where he created like four or five chances, including like th- there had to have been like four shot attempts, I think maybe three shots on goal. He mm-hmm. uh, he hit Corey Crawford clean in the mask. Square in the mask. Damn near took his head off. Uh, and, yeah, he looked amazing in overtime. And down the stretch, too, he really looked like he... He really looked like he wanted that third goal Oh, yeah, he so wanted a hat bad. trick. And, and just, it was exciting to see him play with... Uh, with the pace, see him able to just absolutely dominate and embarrass defenders on Chicago, uh, and, and and pretty much look like he could do anything he damn well wanted on the ice. Absolutely, and and I gotta talk about that wrist shot too, because when he has got a second to really load up on that, that wrist shot is about as deadly as any shot in the league. And he's but, uh, he's not afraid to use it either. I don't think. No, no, he's he's actually been. Uh, I used it quite a bit in that game, and and I think that it's a it's a it's a sign for the wild. Like when when this guy gets hot, it seems like he scores in bunches. So he, obviously he scored two. Uh, you could probably expect maybe another couple goals to come before the weekend or the week is out, just because that's kind of the the type of player that he is. And, and goal scores in general are actually pretty streaky. So. I mean, you're you're hard pressed to find a, a goal scorer outside of like these super upper elite type of players, like uh, like an Alex Ovechkin or you know Sidney Crosby or. I mean, you know, even even Alex Ovechkin is super streaky. Now he's so damn good at generating <laughs> shots that like he doesn't like have like goalless streaks for that long. But he'll be sure. quiet for you know eight games or so, and then he'll have a ten game stretch like he's on right now. Where he scores sixteen goals in ten games. <laughs> it's just 
it's just effing unreal what he's able to do. But yeah, but Fiala, maybe not to that to that level, but he, he can go on a run too. And, and uh, so I think that it was uh, awesome to see him not only just get the, the, the two goals to, to stake the two nothing lead early in the game, uh, but the fashion that he did it, the, the showing off of that shot. And uh, you know, the, for the most part, I thought the wild were getting uh they were getting shots and certainly state got out to like an eight, nothing lead in the first period in shots against the Blackhawks. But I didn't feel like many came very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Fiala has shown to do is that given a little bit of room and in tight, he can turn a, a scoring chance into a very dangerous one and, and has a knack for, for scoring. I'm hard pressed to say hashtag game breaker. Oh, I will. he's I will. probably the closest thing to what the wild have to one at this point. Yeah. There's nobody on this team that can as consistently create scoring opportunities, uh, except for like Zucker, I think can do it. But uh, man, even, even stall at, at this point, maybe, maybe stall when he was getting like a breakaway a day, a day. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, he was really doing it. But uh, I, I would say that there's, not really been anybody on the team that ha- that has been able to to create chances out of nothing. I think, or or even like almost chances out of nothing, where yeah. he like goes through a defender. I mean, even Zucker, I don't think, really goes through defenders. Like Fiala can do that. He can he can stick handle um, into uh, into spots that no one else on the ice can get because like oh there are people in the way. I can't get through the people. <laughs> I just gotta. Like let's go to the outside and, and try to get a shot off or, or hit a trailer or something like that. Uh, no, Fiala will be like, I will go, I will do whatever it takes to get this puck into position for a scoring chance. And, and sometimes it sometimes it hurts him. Uh, sometimes he can uh, he can do it. Or sometimes, like we saw last night, like if you get him in the right matchup, like against Chicago's awful defense yeah. uh, core, like he can just have his way with it. Overall, his career best came in just a couple of years ago with Nashville, where he scored, I think, 48 points was his career high. He's actually currently on pace, I think we talked before, roughly around 49 points this season. And I, in one of my original preseason articles, I wrote, okay, how, what kind of what kind of season can we expect from Kevin Fiala in terms of production? And can we expect 50 points? Can we expect 60 that, uh, that Mikhail Granlin was putting up prior to his trade? And I think at this point, like, we're pretty happy, especially with the rate of uh, 0.96 of goals per 60. Uh, it's, it's kind of awesome to see that uh, Kevin Fiala is able to do that. Yeah, I, I think I think that, uh, that that is the case. And I think that he definitely can get 60 points in a season for sure. Because when you look at what he's done after, you know, his, his first eight games or whatever – he has been on a 61-point pace since then. Uh, one more stat I want to get to you uh, before uh, before we hit the break is I looked up uh, players that have had the most five-shot games for the Wild this season. Kevin mm-hmm. Fiala is tied for Matt Dumba for the lead in, in that uh, category with uh, six. They both have six. Wow, okay. Uh, the huh. next forward that uh, places on that is Donato with four. Stall at three, and then everyone else has two or fewer. Yeah, it's 
That's pretty crazy. And, and Fiala, I, I wondered if he was going to be able to kind of carry a team that wasn't nearly as ta- talented as uh, as Nashville. And I think that's kind of exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we should probably get into our last break of the show. And when we come back, we'll probably get into more uh, hard-nosed Kevin Fiala talk. You're listening to Lockdown Wild. Welcome back to the program. A couple of maintenance items here for Lockdown Wild. You can get in touch with the show via Twitter. Just look, look up at Lockdown Wild, as well as get in touch with us via email. Just email our inbox, lockdownwild at gmail.com. We're still looking for topics for the listener segment episode. And, um, and uh, we always appreciate your mailbag coming in pretty much whenever you can. So Yeah, get uh, them in today, especially if you download the uh, show early. Just send them right in. Yeah, just get them in. Um, Whatever and- falls out of your head. <laughs> just just let it fall just let it spew on your uh in your on your outbox and uh, and send it to us so it's we appreciate we'll say yes and <laughs> we do appreciate all the interaction that we get from our listeners and all of you out there that uh, continue to support the show so uh we'd like to give you a voice and we like to give you a chance to uh kind of create and curate your own content so again tony kevin fiala he's good you- He's, he's been good. So I brought up Mikhail Granlund in last segment because he was the player that was basically traded straight up for him by Paul Fenton. And uh, what's your overall thoughts now as we come up kind of closer to the one-year anniversary of the trade? I think you have to like it, and I think you have to like it regardless of of how the process that went into making that trade went, Right. I think a lot of people at the time were like, and I think we were like it that too. Like maybe uh, other people weren't as high on Kevin Fiala as we were, but I think that, uh, that most people said, and I think we were in that group like, okay, like you got him. That's cool. It would have been real great to get somebody else for him or some other asset for him. Right. And now like, I, I don't even care. Right. Cause right now <laughs> either, either we kept Mikhail Granlin, right. He plays out. Uh, he plays out the rest of the season, and then you know probably probably does hit the sixty point mark in, in the season. And honestly, if he was still here, I don't think he would be struggling like he is in Nashville. Though he is, of course, uh, picking it up as of late. If you're following Granlin from afar, he's he's been doing pretty good over his last uh, ten or so games since uh, Nashville's coaching change. So yep. good for him. He got an overtime winner last night as well. So yeah. Yay, Gramlin. So he probably is doing, you know, about as good this year, especially on a line with uh, with Mikhail, or sorry, not Mikhail Gramlin, Jason Zucker, Eric Stahl. So you have Gramlin, and, you know, if you want to keep him, which I think that uh, that Minnesota probably would want to keep him, how much does he cost then? Does he cost $7 million? Does he cost $8 million? Like, that's, that's a lot of money that you would have had to dish yeah. out to Gramlin, especially probably after the uh, the debacle uh with uh with what happened through all of last year and how everything went down uh so yeah i'm pretty happy to have a a cheaper player on the <laughs> upswing who is looking at times like as much as if not more than a game breaker like not to not to use the G word, but you know what? He's doing good. I'm going to use the G word. Who gives a crap about that? I will use it. Whatever. Uh, he does. He does. I don't remember a goal 
where Mikhail Gramlin was able to laser a goal from like 40 feet out. I don't remember, you know, I, I, I don't remember uh, maybe a couple shifts, but like the shift that he had in overtime, Fiala did. Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember Gramlin taking over a game like this. Like, I, I know that it it's happened. I know that he's made good plays, but th- that felt different than anything Gramlin did sure. with the exception of maybe, uh, no, probably the exception of his, uh, his overtime goal against, uh, against Colorado. Well, uh, there was a, a regulation overtime win too, where Granlin basically took the face off and marched right down the ice and, and scored on, uh, on Jonathan quick against the Los Angeles Kings. Real nice, but, but Real I'm talking nice, like yeah. 90 seconds of dominance you put together. You've got, and, and you're right there. Yeah. Small sample size. I mean, Granlin scored in about 15 seconds and Fiala was on the ice for 97 in, uh, incredibly open ice and was back and forth. True. And, um, and certainly was able to show that, uh, you know, I think it was Boudreaux that had to basically take the shepherd's hook and, uh, and <laughs> pull him off the ice. Cause he would have stayed out there. Uh, I think the entire period. Five of minutes. And you know what? Now he was playing. I almost would have loved to see it. Right. Exactly. Maybe, I, um, maybe I am having too much recency bias towards Fiala. Am I crazy for saying that, uh, that like this is a trade that is shaping up to be a very decisive win to, yeah. um, to Minnesota independent of Mikhail Grandlin's struggles. I don't think you're jumping the gun. I think this has been a very good trade. Um, he's cost controlled at uh, what is he current cap? It is like what 3 million or something like that. He certainly has cement. I, okay. Here's my question. Do you think he's cemented himself as a, a future stalwart on this team? Or do you think that come trade deadline, off-season trades, that that there's a way that he could potentially be in play? You know what? I I, I think he's played his way out of that because like, I, I don't know how you can trade. There's not really much precedent either for trading a 23-year-old who is, you know, playing as well as Fiala is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like that doesn't that doesn't happen unless you're acquiring maybe uh, maybe a, a veteran player, and Minnesota's not in, in the in the position to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a trade that is out there that you get futures for Fiala, and or at least not one that uh, that resembles a trade that we've seen before. Right. So, so you, I, I you, think he will stay. So you think that he's kind of got a long term ability here in Minnesota. I do. I think that if I'm Garen, if I'm in that control or if I'm in control of the franchise in that way, I am rebuilding my youth around Dumba. I'm rebuilding my youth around. I know Dumba's a little older, but I'm rebuilding right. it around Fiala. I'm building it around Kirill Kaprizov when he comes. Like sure. that's that's the foundation that I'm building this next wild team off of. Here's the other thing too. Like what do you think that could potentially happen with Fiala if he has a, an, a real elite upper echelon center, you know, roughly you know, it could be younger than him too. It doesn't have to be an old aging vet either. What we saw with, uh, Den, was it Luke Cunnan that uh, centered the line between him and Jason Zucker? Like it seemed to finally work. We saw in games past, like the Zucker Fiala line just struggled and, and and it's because Victor Rask really wasn't cut out for that uh, for those types of minutes and that type of role, and 
you've, the moment you put up Luke Cunning up there and, uh, you know, he's the right-handed shot on that line, it just seemed like it worked better. Now, I don't know if Luke Cunning is necessarily going to be that guy for this, for, for both Kevin Fiala and for the Minnesota Wild. But just think of like the Wild can get like a, a really good center for Kevin Fiala, Jason Zucker, Kirill Kaprasov, and uh, and 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 just the rest of the 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 squad that eventually comes up in the next coming years. Especially a playmaking center, I think that uh, that Fiala is probably going to work best when he is able to uh, be a shooter who can uh, make plays off the rush in the same way that he did on the power play, same way Jason Zucker did, and you know be able to uh, get fed the puck in some space and you know make something happen where something might not be there otherwise i think that uh i think that right now he maybe has a little too much burden in the playmaking department given how much and and like people are gonna say i'm crazy for uh for saying this but you know a, a lot of the wilds players are like shoot first or at least they're better at shooting than they are passing and i think that puts some of the burden of uh, of playmaking on Fiala when I, I think that he is ideally a shooter. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Kevin Fiala that you'd like to hammer home? Uh, just uh, just three little words. He's good. Uh, isn't that one with a contraction? Or I mean, sorry, two words with a contraction? Who cares? Don't matter. Three little words. Who cares? Scrooge McDuck all that money from that early stock, right? Yeah, baby. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to listen to Locked On Wild. Listen to me. I'm gonna tell you what's up. And I told you what was up last year with Kevin Fiala, and uh, and everyone <laughs> who listened to me gets to look real smart right now, Absolutely. just by listening to me and just- the show. <laughs> All right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, at OhiTony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. Yeah, you can follow uh, Tony on Twitter because he had some real good uh, debatable arguments about recent comments by one Pierre McGuire. So uh, definitely give Tony a follow on Twitter, as well as follow myself, me, Joe Booley, on Twitter, at JoeBoo15, and all of my work at ZoneCoverage.com. And that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Wild. If you like today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use that does help us find more wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and uh, be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild and Kevin Fiala every day.